Kitch. Yellow. Uh, one Rose. Aaron Rose. Oh, hello. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, all right, Aaron. Let's um, let's go right at the top here. You you've been uh, you've been me- you've been mentioning two roses, one thorn. We just talked about it two seconds ago. Kitch and I don't know what you're talking about. Do you want to rename the pod to Two Roses, One Thorn? Do you? Do you have another rose you want to bring on? Is who's the thorn? Is Kitch the thorn? Am I the thorn? What's happening here? If you ever maybe went to summer camp or you were in English class and you read someone else's essay or you came home after the day, you've never played two roses, one thorn, where you say two nice things and then you say one critique to make the person feel like it wasn't such a bad thing. I think that needs to be the theme for the rest of this Raptor season. So we're going to try. Wait, it's going to be it's going to be positivity. We're going to say two nice things about them and then we're going to say one critical thing. How Wait, the sound? game is the game is your kid walks home from school and you say two nice things and you shit on them for one thing? Yeah, it's like, you know, your essay wasn't very good. Here are a few mistakes, but I did like your your intro and I thought your conclusion was was well put together. Can we yes, can we, we baby lead. step into this? Okay. Can we baby step into this like one rose, two thorns? Can we go one rose, two thorns and sort of ease our way into it? That's that's not how it how, goes. How about we go uh no rose and three thorns? That's not how it goes. We need well, positivity. Well, then you have to leave it with the, with the critique because otherwise, uh, trust me, the the two compliments are lost on you pretty quickly if you end on the critique. Hey, you know, you did really well on your on your exam, and I like the way you made your bed, but everything else in your life, you're a fucking disaster. I don't know if that works. Like, I, I think that's. I think we got. So let's lead with the critique, and we'll then we'll get two positives. I'm totally fine. Listen, I'm nothing if I'm not twice positive. So let's um, let's go let's go with that. All right. Well, Aaron, your game, uh, your your start. Why don't you start with your critique, if there is one, uh, and then we'll go into your roses. I guess my critique would be that Scotty Barnes is still uh, fading in and out of games a little bit more than we'd probably like. His true shooting percentage is well down. Maybe this is too many critiques, but it's sort of one thing. <laughs> his, 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 his true shooting percentage is well down since the OG and OB trade. And with the exception of some fourth quarters, um, he's still, as I said, you know, fading in and out of games too much. That's probably my big critique. Okay. Um, are, are we going with some positives now? Yeah, now give us, give us your two positives. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Listen. Pos- positive number one. Grady Dick, for the most part, has looked more comfortable lately. And I'm liking what I'm seeing. I think his playmaking is probably better than I expected it being. Uh, his three-point shooting still has a ways to go, but he looks more like an NBA player than he did earlier in the year. And I, that's a big positive, I think, for the Raptors. And Jordan Wara, who I'm not entirely sure. I thought this guy was just a throw-in as a guy who wasn't going to be with the team long term, but he's put together two impressive games now and he might be, uh, you know, found money. So those are my two positives. Great mean and Jordan Wara. Do you mean Jordan Wara, the sauna that he is? That kid there you is go. hot, hot, hot. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, you know what? I hope you're right about him. I, I'm just not convinced that, um, this two game little splurge that we're having here, but yeah, look, can you imagine if he was some sort of like microwave off the bench for the next three or four years? It'd be awesome. He doesn't need to be like, as, if you're getting a, I don't know, uh, an eighth man, a ninth man in that deal as just some guy who was kind of thrown in a salary filler, like that would be found money. So anything from that spot, if he's with the team next year, I would say that would be, that would be great for Jordan war on this Raptors team. Yeah, the question is with him, like, is he a guy right now playing in a sort of a, a diminished lineup who's just sitting there going, you know what, this is my opportunity to take shots, to feel it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to go uh, represent myself out there. And like, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if this is a real rotation top eight guy. 
that we're seeing, but may listen, but maybe it is. So like obviously, but he's been he's been great the last two games. So it, it could very well be. So I'm 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 cautiously optimistic with him. Oh, there we go. Unlike Same. a lot of Raptors, too, he actually makes his shots. He's making his shots. <laughs> and not afraid to shoot him. I can tell you that. No, that was positive, Aaron. That was positive. That was positive. All right, Kitch, why don't you start off now? Why don't we go to your uh, one thorn before we I get to your roses? I didn't do the rose thorn theory. I didn't know this was a this is a, this well, a this, You can't come up. I didn't do it either, but I'm going to come up with it on the fly. That's no problem. Roses? Uh, I have to start with roses? No, no, you have to start with a thorn. Start with thorn. a thorn. We end positively. Uh, Jesus. Do you follow in class ever? Uh, the, 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 the I got I got all positives. I don't even think I have any thorns. No, even better. Come with the thorn. You have to come with the thorn. That's impossible. <laughs> uh, the thorn is we are a team that continues to lose and lose a lot of games poorly. Well, I'll, I'll forget about I'll forget I'll forget about uh, I'll forget about last night. Wait, wait a second. You just went from I have nothing negative to say to we are a shitty team who loses all the time. Yeah. Okay, that's that's my that's my thorn. That's my thorn. My positives, okay. my positives are uh, the fact that uh, I'm I'm happy that we are in full tank mode and we are giving the opportunity for all the players to play. So that is positive for me that that we are sitting guys with little with like somebody's got a little bruise on their elbow. Yeah, let's put them on the injured list. Let's give these young guys to play. So I'm okay with resting these guys and. and and that that's a positive. No, I had I also had Noara. I guess his name is Noara. I also had him Noara. as Noara. Noara. Silent N. Nora. Oh, Nora. No. Noara. Noara. It's not silent. It's not a silent. It's war. Noara. Noara. Carry on. So he's been great. Maybe you guys all covered that with the shooting. So I like that. And I'm. I, I would be extremely positive if we could find somebody before the trade deadline who would be willing to take uh, Jakob Pertl. So that would be something I'd be very positive <laughs> on if that could happen as well. So a future positive. A future positive potential. <laughs> future positive, yeah. yeah. So that could be your thorn when we don't trade him. Oh, nice. Exactly. This exactly. Perfect. This is perfect. Wow. Way to, way to play both sides of that coin. Very nice. <laughs> uh, okay, Kitch. I'll, I'll go with that. That seems, um, that seems reasonable. for uh, Like just off the cuff. Well done. Well done. Um, <laughs> I right, listen. My I, I could obviously come up with a gajillion uh, thorns, but we're saying we're only allowed Shocking. to have one. We're <laughs> only allowed to have one. Uh, it's Darko's game management for me, and I know we're in tank mode, and that's totally fine, right? However, however, it would appear he's continued to make the same mistakes that he was in game one that he is now in game four. I, I just I don't see a ton of improvement there. Like just the other night uh, when we lose to the Hawks game, like I get it. We're tank mode, so we don't really care if we win or lose. But I think he's trying to figure this this out. And to not have a timeout at the end of the game, completely egregious because he goes through so many timeouts so quickly. And I would say his challenges, he's Nick Nurse-like in his challenges. I don't know that we ever win one. Uh, and it doesn't even appear like we're close to winning them. So I just, my overall thorn is that, uh, listen, Darko, I listened to his press conference after the game last night. He's a super positive guy. And I think that's his, that's his, that's his strategy, right? I'm just going to keep pumping these guys. I'm going to pump their tires. Uh, and hopefully that's going to, that's going to get the results for them as players. And you know what? I'm not opposed to that strategy. I think in today's day, NBA pumping these guys, pumping their tires is their only way probably to, to, maintain a relationship, uh, a long-term relationship and, and have a shot. However, at some stage, game management will come back to bite you. So he's going to have to get a lot better game management at some stage. This te- if he's going to be with this team and this team's going to win, he's going to need to get better. So that, that would be my, my thorn, my positive. And I can't believe you guys didn't bring it up. How about our guy, Brucey e. Brown? 
<laughs> he was awesome last night. Uh, I love what he brings to the team. And, and I'm only saying this from the standpoint of he's just helping his trade value. Like he's not going to be a Raptor here. Uh, he's not. Yes. Don't shake your head, Aaron. I can see you. Just do you think, you. do you think that other teams are like, Oh, I didn't know who Bruce Brown was. Now no, it's, it's he, just he scored 15 points and now we're, now we're going no. to trade for him. This is a new guy. It's I don't believe in like a, th a three game sample size increases your trade value. It's, it's affirmation that they're sitting and go, this guy, like he hasn't lost anything. He's going to go help a championship team, be a rotation guy. Like I think the way he's played, uh, it's only going to, it's only going to reinforce teams going, Hey, yeah, we could really use that guy now. Right. Like last night, like I would just send that tape to the seven teams that want him. Just say, listen, this is your guy. And we now want more than what you were thinking of giving us. I'm telling you, it's, it's out there. I love, the, I love, listen, and he cares. Like he was out there. He was a pretty good cheerleader last night too. Like, he, yeah, I like everything about Bruce Brown. Uh, and I think he's only helping us because I think we're going to get something. Uh, we're going to be able to look back in the Siakam trade and connect the dots to the Brown, whatever we get for Brown. That'll be, we can sit there and go, well, that's what we got for Siakam too. So uh, I think that's going uh, to be a positive. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Grady. Signs, signs of life. Like I, I definitely, um, he's still not knocking it down as well as we, I think everyone would like him to when he's got some wide open looks. But yeah, I mean, he rebounded. I think he had more rebounds than, than Barnes last night. Uh, made a couple key plays down the stretch and definitely looks more comfortable. So yeah, I, Two weeks ago, I would have said, "Ooh, I'm not, uh, you know, great. The Grady uh, pick might be a problem for someone, and it still might be. But I just think there, at least, there's signs of life." And so Grady was on my list. He'd definitely be on my list as a a positive arrow pointing up for the moment, and good for us. Now you guys good. can have milk and cookies. Great job on the roses and thorns. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, listen, it was uncomfortable, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It didn't come naturally. Didn't come naturally. <laughs> it did really. Like honestly, I'm twitching over here. Um, okay, but listen. Why don't we? So if we all agree that that's the sort of the state of affairs. I mean, we always do our segment wrap recaps about their games. But I mean, how 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 much do we want to read into these games? Oh, can I just mention one other positive? Sure. Hitch's guy. He hasn't played a lot lately because he's been dealing with a few things. But Jonte Porter had a pretty good game. Uh, I think it was a couple games ago. He did. So yeah, he did. I don't know if <laughs> this is a guy who's had injury history throughout his whole career, dating back to college. And then he was dealing with an eye issue and now he's got back spasms. But if, again, if you can find like a backup or even a third string center uh, for this team long term on a guy who was a two way deal and i spoke to him and you can ask kitch kitch will tell you he's a good guy we spoke yep. to him the other day he seems like a really smart really good dude yep. and again it's it's not about finding a starting center it's about if you can find anything uh that is a eighth ninth tenth eleventh man uh for it's the future if if yeah. jonte porter can do that when this team is a playoff team just you know just even be a bench big uh, that would be found money. So another positive is is what I've seen. Again, unlimited sample size. Unfortunately, he's been dealing with some injuries. But Jonte Porter has has been pretty good at uh, a couple times well, lately. The only, the only question I have about him uh, is he like what is he? Is he a true big? Like yeah, yeah. He's he, he's undersized. He, he's not he's not battling the Embiid's and Giannis's and Jokic's of the world. I mean, I, I know he's, he's on be a that two way body. deal. <laughs> no, no, I, I know, but I'm just saying if we're talking about like I'm just saying I don't think he's your backup center per se, like a traditional backup center. I love that he can shoot it. Right. And I think that's what will keep him. That's what will keep him around. If he can keep going down the three from that sort of biggish position, then that's, yeah, that's something you can always, yeah, your, your backup bar, your backup center isn't covering Embiid and, and those, like, your backup centers cover the backup center to Embiid, which is probably more his size than you mean like Drummond. Then, then. <laughs> but, but like, 
you know, you, you give something and you take away something. If he was a, you know, perfect player, then he'd be a starting center. But Drummond has his flaws and you can stretch the floor when you have Jonte Porter in theory. Yeah, the no, listen. And that, and that puts Drummond in issues. Yeah. It, it's a, listen, it's a good skill set. I'm not, I'm not taking it. And I've been super impressed with him. And I, I mean, talk about being more comfortable. He seems incredibly more comfortable uh, out there. And yeah, but I just don't know if, like, listen. The one thing that keeps coming up, and that even when we had a full lineup, we had Siakam and Obi, like we struggle rebounding the basketball, and that hasn't changed. And I and I don't, like, I don't know how you address that with guys like Jonte Porter if that's what you're, if that's the strategy. Because he's, that's all I'm saying. Like I just don't like if we're gonna if we're gonna move on from Pirtle, I mean obviously that gets us smaller. We're gonna need some size somewhere, and he's not necessarily the the true size, right? So I just don't like that has to be addressed, obviously too. So I, that's all that's all I'm saying. From but I, listen, I like the guy. Doesn't surprise me he has some back spasms though. Does he not kind of run funny? This is kind of like it's a little like he's had it's two knee little, surgeries. Uh, that, he runs like he I runs think, like he's had two knee surgeries, actually. There you go. Did you say, did, like, did you say six or two? Two. <laughs> two. Two. But how old is he? Twenty-four? Yeah, that's maybe you know, that's not a good arrow. That's the wrong arrow on the knee <laughs> side. You don't it's want early. that. Early. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right, listen, another positive. So three uh Three roses, one thorn. Okay. There you go. New game. New game. Um, all right. Well, listen, like I said, how much do we want to read into these games then? I mean, it was that game last night was like I, I texted you guys at one stage. I mean, I would be replaying that second half to the Raptors for months and years to come. I mean, they, they went to, into a defensive mode and what a difference it made, right? They actually mm-hmm. worked pretty damn hard on defense. I think we held them under 50 points in the second half or very close to it. And yeah, imagine that. You don't actually have to shoot at lights out to win games like that. So I was pretty, yeah, I like that. I, I, I love that effort last night, and that's what I'd like to see continue. But, I mean, I, like I said, if we're in full tank mode, which appear that we are, um, it's hard to really read much into these games. Catch? I guess I'll, we can oh. talk about that question I asked you guys, which was, would you rather win a game where Bruce Brown and Dennis Schroeder and Thad Young and Gary Trent Jr. play really well? Or maybe lose a game, but you're seeing Jordan Wara and Grady Dick and, and Scotty Barnes play well the way you did against the Hawks. So, you know, as fans think about the future of this team, I think they increasingly, uh, maybe they want the losses because it helps with the draft pick. And maybe they just care about what those guys who are going to be here in the future play like. Uh, it, it's complicated when you win games, but it's on the backs of guys who might not be here in nine days. Uh, that makes it feel a little weird but but i guess winning games is always fun and that's what you saw against the bulls but so much of that game was carried by guys like thad young and, and dennis schroeder and gary trent jr and bruce brown whose futures are whether it's in the next 10 days or whether it's next season yeah. might not be with yeah this that's team. what i mean it's hard to that only, it's that hard to figure these things win. out if they win with those guys that only helps their marketable value which only helps us as a franchise too so if they actually show some decent numbers the next might be the tipping point for a team to sign these guys in the next nine days yeah, well, that's I think I was saying a little bit around that with 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 a guy like Brown, a guy like a guy like War. That's probably not uh, the case. I think everyone's probably just the jury. Yeah, I mean, so to answer your question, I I would still rather see us play hard. Uh, and I don't really care who's playing well, and if it ends up in a W, great. Like, listen, we should probably talk about Scotty for five seconds. It's a little surprising to me that, considering the state of the teammates around him, that he's not dominating out there for us he sh- i'm just surprised he's not 20 and like i'm surprised he's not putting the numbers that he was at the beginning of the season considering uh you know what he's got around him like he should he should be the ultimate focal point but then you know i looked at last night and i texted you guys crunch time and literally five possessions in a row he came down he stood in the corner and did nothing 
I, I don't know if it's because he's deferring and he wants to see these guys. But I, I, like I said, I'm not quite sure I understand where, what the rationale is with him. Are they telling him to play like this? Is it, is it, uh, is he deferring? Is it indifference? Like, I, I don't know, but it's, I don't love it. Whatever it is from Scotty right now, uh, Kitch, and I'll let you uh, see if you agree with this, but I, it, yeah, I don't love it. Uh, I'll give him a pass this year. How, like, I, I'm, I'm way more interested in seeing how these other guys perform when given the chance to perform. So I don't need Scotty to get the ball away from these guys for the rest of the season. Now I'm happy to see these other guys play it. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's kind of not, not directly been told that, but sort of, you know what, Scotty. I'm, I, I bet you they've gone him and said, we don't need you scoring 25 points a game. That's fine. Like, don't don't kill yourself out there. I think they're letting the other guys try, yeah, to, but try if, to do it. Yeah, but if that's the case, Kitch, that's habit forming, right? Like, I just don't think you tell a, a young, uh, a young thoroughbred, you know, to who's at the the beat, like who's going into an extension season. I I think you should be telling him, listen, guy, this is your team, right? This is your team. You figure out how to make your teammates better. You go out there and make sure everyone knows it's your team and demand the ball three minutes left in the fourth quarter of a tight game. Like just be that guy. Like I want to see him develop those habits so that when this team is competitive again, hopefully this decade, uh, that we, you know, that we've got our, we've got our, our guy, right? Like to me, that's what's good. And if we, if he's our new body language guy, Oh my gosh, I don't love it, Aaron. And I'll tell you last thing before I let you you jump in here. Like it, it seems to me like he's becoming Luca ish with the refs, right? Every, every play, whether it be offense or defense, if the whistle isn't blown when he's got the ball, he immediately goes to the refs with arms out. And when he gets called a foul, he always looks around. Like, I, I hate that stuff. And he seems to just be backing right into that sort of mantra. Yeah. Th- we, we talked about that last episode, that, that that's something he could probably work on. And it's one thing to do it when the whistle's blown, but it's another thing to do it when the whistle hasn't blown and getting back on defense versus complaining or whatever. But I do think like, there, there were a few possessions in your right where Bruce Brown was taking the ball in crunch time and Scotty Barnes was in the corner. But we also saw he went one-on-one against somebody and then he, he found Thad Young with a really nice pass under uh, to put the he Raptors did. ahead. Yeah, the game. yeah, that was right there with the like game. six points. So, so yep. there were a few times where he was not so involved and a few times where he, he was very involved. I would lean to keeping him very involved in these lineups. And I do think that when you have OG Ananobi and when you have Scott, uh, Pascal Siakam around, the defense has to pay more attention to those guys. And certainly when you don't have Emmanuel quickly on the court and when you don't have Yakup Pertle, when you don't have RJ Barrett, it's like, who is the defense covering? Well, Alex Caruso, one of the best defensive players in the league, is covering Scotty Barnes, and they're doubling him, and they're making life tough for him. We saw a lot of dub- a, a lot of double teams uh, coming at Scotty against the Bulls, and I think they were forcing him to pass. And sometimes he made really nice passes, and there were a few times he was a little slow out of the double team. I remember he had a double team, and he missed a pass to Thad Young, which which resulted in a turnover. I think in crunch time, so he's still trying to get the feel. He's never been entirely the number one guy for this team until I guess a few weeks ago but now he's got to develop okay what happens when the double team comes and Pascal Siakam was able to do that really well and I think for a 22 year old who hasn't been in this spot this is the next step and it's going to take a while it's going to not be linear he's going to have nights where he scores 30 points then he's going to have nights where he scores 11 and has maybe more turnovers than you'd like because he's figuring it out so that's what the rest of the season is like for him but it's about okay What's going to happen when Kawhi Leonard's defending me? What's going to happen when Alex Caruso's defending me? What's going to happen when I'm being double teamed more than I was 
you know, a month ago. So that's what the future holds for Scotty this season. Uh, yeah, listen, I think it's something we, we continue to monitor, watch, and, and we'll, we'll chat about. But can I just say, you mentioned Caruso. God damn what I want that guy on my team. I love that guy. Yeah, I love that guy. I mean, he, guard, he, I mean, he was the primary defender on Barnes uh, in the game uh, with Chicago last night, and he was pretty good. Like he was, he was guarding him pretty well, making life difficult for him. That may have been part of the reason too for Sky. But uh, yeah, God, I love that guy. Yeah. Um, I like, I like, bald, I like bald white guys. They're part of my part of my uh, mantra. <laughs> guys, you relate to, yeah, for guys sure. Right to, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, listen, and we should give uh, we should give some props to our former Raptor uh, Demar out there. Uh, we we mentioned a couple of times he had a great little uh, old school dunk last night. Like that guy, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. It, I mean, eighteen feet and in, he's almost automatic. It's also impressive how guys cannot seem to not jump on his pump. Fake. I know. It was, yeah. That's like a rite of passage. Jordan Wara, who has looked great recently, he got one-on-one with DeMar DeRozan. DeMar hit him with the pump fake, and it was like, oh, and one. Every it, it time. Is, it, it, it's that it's is a incredible. rite of passage to be, to be coronated with a DeMar DeRozan pump fake and one. I, it, I'm convinced I would not jump only because it would be the only thing I wouldn't do. I would give up the points, but I wouldn't jump. But man, he gets everyone to jump. Everyone. Yeah. Great pump. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's move on. I got one more. I think thing. we're one heading into all one more oh. raptor thing. Yeah. One more please, raptor Kesh. thing, please. Um, one more, so, one more positive. One more rose, please. <sighs> I mean, uh, oh. Maybe. Oh no. So no rose? Um, I, I'm gonna go back about two months now, and and the two of you, you you guys scoffed at me when I said, "Why don't we go for the bottom six? You guys both said, "There's no way we're gonna be in the bottom six in the league. There's no way this team's bottom six potential." Well, we are now tied for six last two going into last night we were two games back there were one game back maybe a six last now do we push for seventh last in the league and give up our pick for next year or do we settle for six last and take our pick for next year well okay, first of all i don't think i've ever scoffed anyone <laughs> i don't right, appreciate so, you scoff, you scoff I, daily i don't think i um i i think listen, what are how many picks do we already have in this draft we already have two. three, two. No, two, two, two other first round picks. The thirty first pick, and then whatever happens with the Spurs pick. Well, and then we have, and then we have the second round pick for. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so we, two we, in we the got, first round, one in the second round, and then this first round pick with the Raptors. Right. So we could potentially have four. It it would be, I think it would be egregious if we go into this draft with four picks. So Do, I the, think depending Masai on what the jury, Masai already said they're not adding. Yeah, that's what he said. Year. Right. I, but I know, but Aaron, we have to we have to appreciate that we can't just take uh, at face value everything Messiah says is going to happen because clearly that's not been the case. So I like it would not shock me. And the way we're playing right now, if we agree that we're in tank mode, if everyone agrees we're in tank mode, then Kitch, we're playing for that to keep that pick this year because there's no other way you do it, right? And I think mm -hmm. it would be egregious if we end up with that pick and then next year's drafts markedly better and uh, you know we're and we're and we're not like we could be a top six or bottom sixteen next year. Uh, and then we don't have a, a pick in a, in a stronger draft. Like to me, that would be pretty bad. And it would definitely be, I already, I already look forward to that thorn uh, to next year, if that's the case. So um, yeah, I, but I'm with you. Like I, I would, if someone told me right now, what's going to happen, I think we're going to end up with the six pick. <sighs> and do we want it? No, do we want it? I don't want four picks in this draft. I don't either. I don't want it. So maybe we can play hard. Maybe we can play hard and get to seventh. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think my take on this. I think my take on this is just whatever happens, happens, which is probably not such a profound thought. But it's like it's very there are pros and cons. There, there are pros and cons both ways. Like if you get a top six pick, if you get the fourth pick this year, is it better than the seventh pick next year? Well, next year's draft is supposed to be better. But then again, as as Dave mentioned, that next year's the Raptors might be a bottom six team again. So maybe you keep it two years in a row and then it rolls over to the 2026 draft. And then maybe by then you're starting to take a step forward and maybe you give up the 10th pick. So there are so many permutations to this. It, it, you can tire yourself out. How does a 2026 10th pick overall compare to the sixth pick yeah. in this year's draft? Totally. It's so complicated that I would just say, let the chips fall where they may and figure it out the rest later. Yeah, that's, that's, very, that's, very, that's very Messiah of you. That's good. You and Messiah have the same way of thinking. That's, that's perfect. Yeah, but wait and sp- yeah, wait for something shitty to happen, then put a nice spin on it. Put a rosy spin on it. Yeah, be patient, everyone. Just be patient. <laughs> um, all right, listen, we are heading into All Star Selection uh, coming up later today or tomorrow. Tomorrow, right? It's tomorrow. Yeah, because they announced on TNT. Yep. So it's tomorrow. Yeah. So quickly, we're going to go th- through uh, some thoughts that we had on, on guys uh, who should be uh, picked as. Uh, reserves so Aaron I was thinking of this seeing as you are a full-time uh employee or sorry full-time you get your your livelihood is to follow the NBA mostly Raptors but so I was thinking why don't you give us your uh picks I've written mine down and we can sort of see where we where we um didn't align and we'll go from that way as opposed to all of us naming uh you know going through each one of us so do you want to do that we'll start we'll start in the west because I think the west is impossible by the way I think the West there, is absolutely- honestly, I, I had fun doing this, but it was tough. And there are so many guys you're like, am I really leaving this guy off my all-star team? Yeah. Uh, but you got to do it. There's only 12 spots. Maybe there I, should be 15 spots, but I had no fun because it, it was so hard for me to do because I felt bad about these guys I was leaving off. It was, it was painful for me. So we'll start in the West. We know the starters: Shea, Luca, LeBron, Jokic, KD. Did anyone have a problem with that? Nope. Uh, I think it would be hard to argue. Well, I guess. Maybe the only guy is Durant for me, but, or I mean, LeBron, but no, I, yeah, no, you can't really argue with. I guess it depends who you leave off. Maybe that, maybe that changes it. So our reserves, I have Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Edwards, check, check, Kawhi Leonard, check, and, and Anthony Davis, check. And here's where things get a little bit interesting. Are we, are we perfect so far? Yeah. Yeah. I got them all. Next up, I have Rudy Gobert and De'Aaron oh. Fox. Oh. Your thoughts? Oh, okay. Well, Kitch, who, who did you have? Did uh, who are your last two? Sabonis. Yep. Uh, and I threw in uh, Paul George. Oh, come on! You I had be- those two both written down. So uh, I had I had George like further down on my on my list. That's why he didn't make it. But I went Fox and Sabonis. So we we're close. Kit, you left off Fox, and you went Gobert instead of Sabonis. I went Sabonis. Kit, you left off um, Gobert for George. So, yeah, I mean, listen, the debates are going to be never ending. But I don't. Th- my guess is Paul George. Is, I don't know how you leave Sabonis off of it. I don't know how you leave him off of it. Look at his numbers. He's leading the league in rebounding. Uh, he's. I don't want to say the focal point of that offense, but you could certainly make the argument that he is, that the ball does seem to flow through him. Like I, I know Fox is a stud and he's having a great season too. So you can't leave Fox off in my opinion. Um, so I don't think we're far off there, but I mean, there's a ton of snubs, you know, you got George, you guys, you guys made a face at, at Gobert. Gobert yeah. is Gobert, probably, 
Gobert is probably the defensive player of the year right now. He's a heavy favorite to win the award. He's the best defensive player on the league, on the best team in the West, with the best defense in the NBA. So you're taking the best defensive player on the best defense in the NBA on the best team in the West. That seems like you can make... You're forgetting he shut the league down because of COVID that year. It was all his fault. So (laughs) he's not allowed to ever make an all-star game. That's Yeah, yeah, he's still doing time. It's like Pete Rose. Yeah. He, to Eight. me, to me, he he's listen, I, I understand offense is is what sexy and sell seats and and that's what people want to see in the all-star game. But Rudy Gobert is is the backbone to the NBA's best defense. And yeah. I think he deserves a spot on this table. But think about it, like it's because he's got the other sort of offensive studs around him. So he's like he he's not a focal point. Like you can't argue that Sabonis isn't defensively uh you know. I mean, he's not as good as Gobert defensively, but it's different. Like his, his assignment is is very different. But I mean, he cleans the glass. I mean, why is Gobert? Why isn't Gobert? Gobert should be leading the league in uh, rebounding, but he's not. So Sabonis I have it. Gobert, and then I had to choose one player from Sacramento, and I went Fox over Sabonis. Well, you're I wrong. Think Sabonis, I think Sabonis is more the uh, the focal point of that. The ball runs through him at the top yeah. of the key, and, and I think he controls that that team more and than Fox does. Right, and I I just think if you took Cat and Edwards off that team. We're not even having this conversation, Gobert. You take Fox off of uh, Sacramento, and we're still going to be sitting there going, "Look at Sabonis." So that would be my. Like, I don't know. I just think yeah, he's. I, I think he's more valuable to his team than Gobert is to his. But I get it. Like, yeah, but that's what Gobert's. That's been his calling card. Um, he's only. He's always only made the team because of his defensive prowess, right? When he made it a couple of years in Utah, it's because he was defensively this guy. I mean, uh, and the, but, the NBA doesn't want that. They don't want. They don't want. OG Ananobi and Ro- and Gobert and all those guys in the All Star game. That's not, not that doesn't that doesn't bring a lot no, of excitement. That's, that's, to a, hard, that's a tougher sell. That's a tougher yeah. sell. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's let's move over to the East. Let's move over to the East. We'll start with the starters: Halliburton, Lillard, Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Jason Tatum. I think you can make the case for Jalen Brunson over Damian Lillard. What do you guys think of those starters? Percent. He Lillard should not be a starter. No, that's a travesty. Yeah, that's a travesty. Yeah. Should I and think you're making an for Mopsy over Lillard? Yep. I'd I agree with that too. Go Lillard. I'd go Maxi. Uh, I think I'd go On Maxie. the bench, we right, have we Brunson, check. Mitchell, check. Maxi and Brown, check. check. And here's where things get, I think, a little interesting. Yeah. You have Julius Randle, although he's now injured and probably is going to miss the game. But do you guys have Julius Randle on there? I, I did not. He was on my list, but I didn't put him in probably because of his injury. I have amazing. him on there. They're also really playing well since the OG Ananobi trade. Do you guys have Bam on your list? I yeah. have Bam. I went Bam. I have Bam. Okay. But almost so because you had to put a big a in there. Lately. Right? Almost because you had to put a big in there. And then my last spot, I was deciding between Trey Young, Paolo Banquero, Jimmy Butler, you know, lesser down the list is Mikhail Bridges, uh, Jared Allen, Kristaps Porzingis, and uh, Scotty Barnes, who you guys may have heard of. And I really agonized over this one, but I went with Trey Young because I think oh. if you're game planning for somebody, it's like, who is the top guy? If you're, if you're playing one of these teams, who are you game planning the most for? And I think the answer is probably Trey Young. If you wanted to tell me it should be Bancaro, that's fine. But I went with Trey Young as my last all-star in the East. Okay. Mm. Kitch, Kitch, where did you end up? I went with Paolo. I went with Paolo based on the fact that I, I looked at the team like, Trey Young, yeah, sure, all-star. But the team is shit. Like, I, I, wanna, yeah. I, wanna, I want an all-star that can carry a team. And 
I would so that's why I went Orlando. I thought Orlando they've overachieved this year. They've actually been solid, and so I went with Paulo because of the team's results versus Trey because of his team's results. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I went Butler, Butler, Bancaro were my last two. Uh, I did go Jimmy Buck. And you had Randoloff. I had Randoloff, yeah. Yeah, so I had Butler, Bancaro, and Bam were my last three. Um, and I'm with you on Bancaro. Like, they're a better team. He's clearly, like, even with the Franz stuff, like, it, you talk to, well, you listen to anyone, and they're like, Bancaro's the guy on that team. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're, you know, his, his ceiling's definitely, it's the highest, I think, of anyone on that team. And, yeah, they got a way better record. They're, they're competitive. They're going to be a... They're going to be a playoff team. Uh, yeah, so he absolutely deserves that. If Trey Young is the guy that he is with the stats that he is, that team should be better. I mean, that team should just be better. And Trey Young, when you watch that game the other night, I mean, he literally, I mean, he can't guard anybody. He cannot guard anybody. Now, don't get me wrong. I think he doesn't even try to. Doesn't try no, to. Either. Yeah, it's, that's the other thing, too. He, and yeah, he's difficult. And uh, But I must admit, offensively, he is a problem. Right. He is a problem. Right. Right? And some of his passes and like, I mean, he gets, yeah, but, but it's again, like the rumors are around the league, like, you know, he's not a beloved teammate, never has been that sort of stuff. But you just like, so yeah, I don't know. He, if he wants, I think when Trey Young uh, is an all-star, his team has to be doing well. If his team is, it's literally the 10th team uh, fighting for a play in spot, then he doesn't get in. That's it. So no. Yep. There should, we, should we discuss uh, Mr. Burns? Yeah, Did maybe might as well. Thought? Might as well. Kitch, do you have any thoughts on him not being an all-star? <sighs> from the NBA standpoint, I think it's smart to try to put a Canadian in there from a from a, a large, probably one of the largest fan bases with a with a country supporting it. Um, I'm not sure he's miles behind the guys who were picking at the bottom of the list here. Um, I'd be... I'd like to see them put him on as a reserve. If there's a spot open, they could put, they could throw him in. Has he earned it? <sighs> I'm on the fence on that. Whether he's earned it. Listen, first so, twenty five, first twenty five games. Yeah, I think he earned yeah, it. First, first twenty five games. I think his, for sure. I think his fall off, um, really since the trades have begun, it was too steep to even like keep him in the sort of the argument of it. Like I, I I'm yeah. guessing. Best case scenario for me an all-star, he'd need three guys to go down. So uh, let me ask you that. Would you have Trey ahead of him? Hmm. That's, that's interesting. I mean, I'd have, to do, I'd have to do a bit more of a side-by-side, but the argument around winning teams, like, they both lose on that one. Yeah, you know what? As much as I hate to say it, because I think his fall-off's been pretty dramatic, I probably would put Trey ahead of him. I probably would. Would you put Butler ahead of him? <clears throat> well, yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah, and I, I would. Did. Yeah, Butler's on my team. So yeah, then, so then the the rest of it is like Bridges, Allen, Kristaps, and Scotty's ahead of those guys. I think Kristaps would be a tough argument. Like considering that, by all accounts, he seems to be pretty important on that team. People are saying, hey, if Porzingis gets hurt or isn't part of the sort of the playoff run, they're going to have a problem. So he's pretty valuable to that team, and his numbers are good, right? Like they're they're pretty good as a thir- you could argue he's a third option. So maybe. Maybe you get, yeah, you, it's you shades of gray at this stage. What do you value? Like, what thoughts? do you value? Yeah. I, I, uh, behind the, like, you know what? He hasn't won us enough games. Like Scotty hasn't come out and won us enough games to, to earn that sort of respect from the league. And the league wants Trey young in there. Cause he's going to do, nobody plays defense in the all-star game. So they're going to want these flashy guys doing funky moves, funky things yeah. in the game. So, so that's, right. that's, 
It's built the, the All Star game is built for a guy like Trey Young, even though he might not deserve it. It's kind of built for him. And there's there's another guy we should probably mention if we're if we're going down ballot guys who probably won't make it, but Pascal Siakam. Uh, so as a guy you know who's what? probably in the conversation with Allen and and Bridges and Chris Stapps and the like. So I had him on my list, and then I forgot about Bam, and I took him. I took Siakam out to put Bam in. So because uh, I'd forgotten about him, Siakam's probably the first first reserve. Like if someone gets hurt, I think he'd probably get in over almost everybody. Uh, hmm. Because I've watched a few of his games now, Vegas, I wagered on it, um, and so and I watched uh, last night because it was side by side the Raptors game. You know what? He has fit in like he's been a Pacer his whole life. It's it's unbelievable. You know, watching him in there, teammates really seem to be liking him. Uh, he's playing well. I don't know. I don't have his stats since the trade, but I think it, they're they're decent. Like they're pretty good. Uh, and- he has the Pacers' offensive inflation. Yeah, and the fact and that they score 150. But he is there. Like I know Hal Burton's the guy, right? He's clearly the 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 engine. But Hal Siakam is his number one option. Like that's it. Like he is the primary scorer on that team now. All of a sudden, so that's that's pretty impressive too. Like I I think he's been. I think he's been. Yeah, I think it, again, it's one of those things where we're probably really going to appreciate him the longer. The more we're going to appreciate him, the longer he's gone. Of what we really had. You guys no hear catch? that? There's some guy's got a chainsaw going on out here. It's right, next, well, right next door. He's running a chainsaw. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Very apropos. All right. Listen, let's um let's move on. I think we've I think we've covered it. Uh one of the things uh, I asked us to look at, and uh, I did this before I actually even looked into it. We were gonna just do a quick sort of like top Raptors highlights or moments in the all-star game. Um which Aaron very quickly pointed out saying, I'm not sure there are three uh, top moments in the All-Star game. If you take out, if you don't let the dunk contest and Capono winning the three-point contest as a Raptor, uh, literally I came up with Lowry taking two charges in the All-Star game as a highlight. <laughs> uh, and I forgot what a big deal that was. And like Kawhi was actually pissed when it happened. Uh, and then, but people will forget that awesome all-star game way back when when it was iverson and marbury led the comeback against the west and they ended up winning by one in washington i think it was in washington that game like carter was pretty good in that game and he was yeah. uh he was down he, you know he, he closed the game had a couple big buckets so like his performance in that game although it was only 16 points uh he did actually play pretty solidly down the stretch so like that would be it but like there are no other like i'm it was disturbing watching DeRozan and Siakam highlights in the all-star game as like there, there are no others. I, I could not literally, and Bosch was like non-existent. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you guys have any other signature all-star moments. Let me know. I made a list. I, I went through every single one as you guys insisted. So number one on my list is that 2020 all-star game in which Lowry took two charges. I think yeah. that's the greatest Raptors moment in an Jesus. all-star game of all time. Took two charges. I think, in all of those Vince Carter all-star games, you have a moment where he throws down a 360 windmill dunk, where he throws down a couple alley-oops, often with AI throwing him the pass. Uh, 2001, 2000, 2003, 2004, all of them have a moment where Vince Carter was like the top vote-getter in a lot of those years yeah, because people wanted years. to yep. see what he was going to do. So all of those games have a moment. I didn't realize this. I don't remember this. But in 2003, Vince Carter was voted as a starter in the all-star game but gave up his spot so that Michael Jordan could start yeah. in his last yeah. All-Star oh, so game Aaron, appearance. Let me, I remember it very well. Cause I was like, MJ was my guy. Uh, so I, and I remember thinking it was ridiculous that he didn't get voted in his last year anyway. 
but there was all kinds of pressure on Carter to give up his spot. And for the longest, like until the day uh, of the game is when he decided to do it. Like he had not agreed to do it prior to that. It was like, there was a ton of pressure on him to do it. So he finally, he finally did it. But yeah, he, uh, I, I don't think Vince did that willingly. I think it was sort of like, you have no choice here. That makes sense. It was a big deal. And then I have the 2010 All-Star game. You mentioned Bosch didn't do much. Bosch had 23 and 10 off the bench in 2010. Yeah, so, but it was signature. You know, it wasn't like it. he was part sure. of uh, That's fair. But but the most points I believe ever scored by a Raptor in an All-Star game is 23 and 10 by Bosch. And then not that much happened in 2016, but it was the Toronto All-Star game and Lowry and DeRozan uh, both played in that game. I believe they both started maybe. Those uh, are my all-time Raptors moments in the All-Star game. Okay, there you go. Kitch, you must have many more That's to share with us. Terrible topic. It's a terrible topic. I had your three. I had I had Carter's dunk, I had Capono's three-point win, and I had Carter in that game when, when Arson had the most games, most points. Yeah. Carter was second. But, and that, that, was all, know, that was all I had. Was a three. I know, but it's funny because like when I was doing it, I thought, oh, there might be a couple of signature moments or like something. And then when you've realized there weren't, it's like, it's kind of sad that you go through a, you know, 30 year history with and like your all-star your all-star contributions are like a guy taking two charges <laughs> like it's ridiculous <laughs> so yeah we haven't always had the other than carter we really haven't had that sort of all-star style of player who can go out there dominate and be flashy and have these these moments right we just have they're just have we've never had that sort of dynamic player and barnes isn't either like he wouldn't be awesome in an all-star game from that standpoint but I think when people think of All-Star Weekend and when it comes around this year, they're going to show the highlights of the dunk contest. And number one on that list is Vince Always Carter. Always so, so maybe the Raptors haven't had the in-game moments. But when it comes to the weekend, I would say number one all-time on that list is Vince Carter in the dunk contest. Well, you know what? And the other one is in Toronto, right? Zach Levine and uh, Aaron Gordon in Toronto. So Toronto well, is, I was is just at the say, top of all-time lists. I was just going to say that actually... I think that may be the best dunk contest, those two in the final. Like, I know the whole Jordan back with uh, Dominique and that sort of stuff, but the, the dunks were unbelievable in that Zach Levine uh, at Eric Gord one. It, 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 yeah. But Vince was, I mean, Vince was the guy, and, you know, he did have some pretty awesome, awesome dunks too. So it, I, I, I can appreciate why people still put that number one, but I'm telling you that Gordon Levine one, that was awesome. That was awesome. Um, All right. Listen, that's it. We're going to move on because I got to go. Um, so uh, what drives? Kitch, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. What drives me crazy? You know what drives me crazy? Sore losers. Sore losers drive me, drive me, drive me nuts. So I, I'm playing a tennis match down here last Friday against a, against a couple against other a guys. Year old. Oh. <laughs> okay, it's, no, it's, it's a seven-year-old. <laughs> seven Same thing. And uh, these, two guys, these two guys are probably 70. Yeah, they probably are. And decent players. And We've won the first set six three. We're up five four in the second set, me and partner, and we're we're probably handling pretty pretty well. And halfway, the the guy also hits a point and he hits the ball into the net, and he goes, "Um, that's the second time your partner's hat's fallen off, and I think we get awarded a point for that." And I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Is that, that I think that's the rule?" I'm like, "Well, I have no idea what the rule is for my partner's hat falling off." So I don't really know. And I said, and how, why is it bothering you? You should be looking at the tennis ball when you're hitting it, not my partner's hat. And and this guy went on to call somebody over to say, hey, I think we should have a point here because my partner's hat's fallen off. It's only because he had a lousy shot into the net. 
And uh, so we gave him the point and ended up winning it at 6-4. And I'm thinking, and all this guy could talk about after the match was my partner's hat falling off three or four times like it was during the match. And I'm thinking, I, I, like, I can't stand sewer losers. You lost the game, shake hands, move on. We're not playing for anything substantial here. But the hat falling off was ridiculous. So suck it uh, up, you sore losers. Oh, my God. I would have, in the the very next point, I would have taken my hat off my head and slammed it onto the court <laughs> midpoint. <laughs> That's, you know what? Douche, not douche. That's douche. That's douche. Very douche. Very douche. Aaron, a little bit of breaking news here that I will turn into my what drives. Okay. The NBA has announced that the NBA draft will now take place over two nights officially. So we have one night, the 26th, for the first round, and the second round will take place on the 27th. Now, that will be exciting if the Raptors do have the first pick in the second round. No, it won't. But really, do we really need the second round to be on its own night with longer commercials? And we got to have more time for the second round to breathe. Like, I know Jokic was was drafted and there was a Taco Bell commercial played on top of his draft moment, which is a travesty that one of the greatest players of all time is going to be remembered as, as a Taco Bell commercial. But we really don't need the second round to be on its own well, night. So you know what, what drives you crazy is a little bit of breaking news there. That's awful. That is awful. And you know what? Speaking of COVID, it, that second night will feel like COVID all over again because there'll be nobody in that place cheering on the second round. Like that, It'll be their families and their agents will be the only people there. That is the dumbest idea. <laughs> but it's all, about the, it's all about the data, right? It's yeah. just a cash grab. Maybe, I can't believe a network's going to – Grady Dick's bums that we, they'll, they'll be able to interview him. Oh, go on about it. Yeah, that, that's that's nuts. That's horrible. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so, as you both may know, I was just in Vegas this past weekend. Uh, and obviously, you see everything in Vegas. But this one this one caught me off guard. Uh, I was sitting there waiting for Becky. Uh, she came in day after me, so I was meeting her at the front. And I, I stationed myself right next to a, a, a garbage, which I don't know why I did, but I did. And it's, so it's, it's five feet from me. Uh, this couple walks up. They've got two, like the giant Starbucks cups full of whatever. It doesn't matter what it is, but like, it, I mean, they're full and like they're three quarters full each. The woman walks over to the garbage, takes the lid off her cup, pours the water, pours her, her liquid. So this three quarter, like this giant 32 ounces into the garbage bag, puts her cap back on her cup and is on her way. As she's walking away, I literally looked at her with the, what the fuck eyes that I just watched there. I'm like, who does that? Like someone has to go and deal with that shit now. I mean, 26 ounces of liquid into a garbage bag. And then just takes her cup. I'm like, well, why'd you buy the drink in the first place? Just buy the cup. I was shocked. I literally could not believe. And you, there's a washroom around the corner. Go dump it in a sink. Right? Just go dump it. And it's like, how could you ever do that? Like, listen, I'm a reasonable person, as you all know. And I get people doing stupid shit from time to time. But that one I, blew me away. And I'm just thinking, your lack of respect for that someone else has to now deal with that. It was just like so grotesque to me. And it was just like... I. Yeah, if it wasn't uh if I wasn't afraid of being shot, 
uh, I probably would have said something because <laughs> they look they look like they could have been shooters. So I was just like, you know what? But I just I, I couldn't believe it. it. So no respect for that. Someone else had to deal with that. That's what drove me crazy. Yeah, I get it. I get that. Yeah. Especially awful. if there's a rip. If there's a rip in the bag. If there's a rip well, in the yeah. bag. Now and it's it, a meth dealer. Can you imagine when the guy pulls it out and like something else happens and it rips and like it's just brutal. Yeah. Brutal. I get you. Yeah. Brutal. Horrible. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. Listen quickly. AOB. Um, and then we will uh, we'll move on. Uh, Aaron, anything that you want to let us know? And you got anything exciting coming up in your uh, your day job? You got any, like? Do you ever do like articles or exposes on anyone? I don't I think can't do. think of one, but I don't think we talked about this last episode. Uh, happy trails to uh, Adrian Griffin. Did we mention that? Oh, we didn't. Uh, did it happen after, must have happened after the pod. Yeah, that that's now Nick Nurse's coaching tree. Chris Finch, we talked about last episode, who we like, but uh, the rest of Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse's coaching tree isn't looking so good right now. So uh, very strange. It sounds like there was uh, they didn't want Nick Nurse. The, the Bucks didn't want, or I should say Giannis probably didn't want Nick Nurse. And then they hired Doc Rivers to be a consultant. And I wonder how his consultation went on who should be the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, wow. But uh, <laughs> a very rough and brief tenure for a former Raptors assistant coach, Adrian Griffin. Well, listen, Adrian yeah. Griffin should never, as soon as they said we're hiring Doc Rivers to be a consultant, that should have been like, listen, either fire me right now, right? Or that's not happening. He, he, that, that was the word they you never bring in somebody with more experience than you to be your consultant because i can tell you a hundred times out of a hundred times that person's going to have your job and so terry Stotts, like, right they brought in terry Stotts at the beginning of the year to be his assistant coach and obviously Stotts is a longtime head coach or was a longtime head coach and coached damian lillard and yeah that didn't go so well consultants and um and assistant coaches, I think, are very different. There, there's a pecking order on the consultants. Like everyone knows, like when the guy's not, when you're not his boss and he's your consultant, it's just, it's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. But you know, for, for him to get go that early, there had to have been players walking into upper management saying, oh, yeah, "For sure, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Obviously, like, there was obviously there were that's, issues. That's player driven, I think, for sure. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, Kitch, anything? Aob. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I, the, I feel, I feel bad for my Lions friends, like you, Bart. Like the, uh, the coach. Like, there's, there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a long history of coaches in the NFL who do not go for everything. Like they, the, 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 there's a reason you don't gamble on every possession because it just historically has not worked. Or coaches in the last thirty years would actually be doing that. They'd actually have have that oh, in their yeah. system. So it finally caught up with them, and uh, it's it's not a style that's got some prolonged longevity to it. And uh, unfortunately, it happened in this game. But and and they and I know we say we well this is how, this is what got us here. Yeah, I can I, I can see that, but it's not what keeps you there. And there's a long history of the NFL proving proving that. So that is, I like the whole it's what got you. It's not what keeps you there. And I would argue the other thing. No, no, stupidity did not get you there. Being stupid didn't get you to this position. Does not get you to the to the championship game. No, nope, because that's what yeah. all that was was stupidity, right? Yeah. There was no there was no real thing. I obviously I was shocked and I couldn't believe after being sitting in Vegas, thinking, "Oh my God, the plus seven and a half isn't going to cover." Because that was even more egregious uh, than <laughs> actually losing the game. Losing the cover yeah. was more egregious than losing the game. Um, but yeah, I mean it was horrible. And here's the deal: you're up 
two scores. You have a chance to go up three scores in the second half of a championship game. Guess what you do? You go up three scores. It's, that, it's no question. You don't yeah. give them any momentum because all that did at, at 24-10, they lose, uh, they lose the fourth down. They turn right around. They've got all the momentum, and now they're within one score. And then you know you fumble. You just you could see it all. You just could see the waterfall. Like, you're just like, okay, this is this is yeah, now going see to happen. You can see it now going to happen. It just it was it was so egregious. It was, and then not to kick the field goal to tie the game to make sure you're always going to be within one score if they even do like just yeah. stupid, right? It was just that's what I mean. Yeah. So, so stupidity didn't get them there. So I, I yeah, it's not what got you there. So yeah, yeah. horrible, horrible. Uh, but listen, for my OB, speaking of Vegas, uh, I just want to uh, announce officially uh, that I've retired from Blackjack. <laughs> I've officially retired from Blackjack. Don't bullshit on that. Uh, no, nope, I've retired. I've Brett Favre retired from uh, Blackjack, <laughs> and uh, I've realized now the game is rigged against me. Uh, it's not fair, uh, and it's redundant. Uh, in the times that it's not fair, and I've I've retired. I've retired. I'll be at the craps table only from here on in. Oh god! Um, oh god! Yeah, that's it. Craps okay, is fair. You, you probably have to learn. You have to learn the game a bit, a bit more. I think. Oh, I know the game. Fuck. Four, five, three, four, five, or yeah, four, five, six odds. Whatever. I got that one. I know where to. I know at least where the uh, what dice I need. At least the numbers I need to be rolled. I at least know that. <laughs> So, you know the pot. Uh, all right, you know the pot. Yeah, no, I'm crowd. That's it. It's over. That's my AOB. It's all over. <laughs> all right, I'll have a picture for the pod next <laughs> next fall. <laughs> all right, uh, gentlemen. With that, Kitch, take it away, Kawhi. Take it away. Kawhi up top looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.